Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Let's all get drunk and play ping pong. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 151 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. This episode is not brought to you by Bacardi 151, unfortunately. Unfortunately, they're not a sponsor. I'm drinking right now a Whiter's Pear Hard Cider, though. How's that? That's very fruity. I'm drinking a all-natural Canada Dry Lemon Lime Sparkling Seltzer Water. I'm, hey, not, I'm, not, I'm not dazzled by your beverage choice, man. And, You're and it's not like, dazzled by it's my like every time, water selection? Every t- ever since you fell on your brain, it's like this this point of pride with you. Oh, I'm not drinking. I'm not having a beer. I'm not. Uh, I'm having <laughs> It's not some, a point of pride. And it's always it's some, a sad-ass some, thing each some, time. Some bullshit, like, terrible drink that you're trying to sell us on. That's how I feel. Oh, well, I, I'm not trying to sell you on anything. Honestly, I think beer would be a superior drink. I don't know about pear cider, but, you know, that's how you roll. <laughs> Frankly, <laughs> even in my serious drinking days, I would have taken a Canada Dry Lemon Lime over pear and pumpkin or whatever you choose to put in your body. Lord. That's the gourd I know. Mocking my beverages since 1983. That's right. <laughs> and speaking of the gourd, you know, I was wor- usually we start the show by me saying some stupid thing I did, and I was worried. I was looking at the notes like, oh man, I don't have any stupid thing that I've done lately. <laughs> I haven't seriously injured myself. 
I haven't like you know those those tracks that your seat rolls on in your car that allows you to move it forward and back. I haven't got my nipples caught in that. That's good. Like nothing like that has happened. However, this evening had to go to this my kids college, you know, high school college night, you know, the big meeting of all the teachers and the parents and like talk about the next step, what your kid's going to do. And sure. we were running late. We went to get like some pizzas from Blaze Pizza, the personal pizzas. And we we're going to eat it. But by the time we got there, it was like, oh, my God, we don't have time for this. We'll just get them to go uh, eat in the car, whatever. We'll figure it out. I'm going to drop one kid back off at home. And then the older kid and I are going to zoom to this thing. And so we're, we're totally behind. We pull up in front of the house, and I tell my kid, I'm like, just take the top off of my pizza box so I can reach in and grab it and eat it on the way over. And I run in and see if my lovely wife is home, see if she's going to come to this thing, drop my other kid off, run back out of the house. My, my kid is still sitting in the car eating pizza, and he says something to me. I don't know what he's saying. I open the door. I jump in. And I sit directly on the open pizza <laughs> on my seat. <laughs> yeah, he's saying, Dad, don't sit down on the pizza. <laughs> oh, that's priceless. Did, did, please tell it. me, tell me he took a picture. <laughs> I had to go to this thing with pizza butt tonight. Old man pizza ass, yeah. That's, that's nice. <laughs> wow, what? What are you wearing, pizza? I'm wearing <laughs> on my ass. <laughs> no, nobody ever said you didn't have pizzazz. <laughs> on my pizzazz. Yeah, see what I did there? MC, yeah, you're awesome. I MC Chris you. should write a song about me. He should. Hey, yeah. so uh, actually, why don't we talk a little bit about music since you mentioned that. Uh, tonight, I am thrilled to say that featured on the show, we've got none other than Seattle's own Toe Tag. Yeah. Playing some awesome music for you. Uh, the show, the song that we opened with tonight was called Alternaut from the 2013 CD Here She Comes Again. And gotta say, Toe Tag, very cool band. Uh, they are kind of the offshoot or the uh, wicked grandson. The bastard stepson of a thousand maniacs. That's right. The accused. Of the accused. Seattle's own The Accused. Now, additional, I didn't even I'd know say this. I'd Martha Splatterhead's... Uh, Extended family. Yes, Blaine, the singer of the band, was also in The Farts, who was an alternative tentacles punk band back in the day. Do you remember them? I'm sure they I were remember on them. That. I didn't know he was in it. Yeah. Additionally, he is a renaissance man and runs uh, one of the finest burger joints in Seattle, Zippy's Burgers, which is fantastic. So uh, a, a guy who plays both punk rock and makes awesome food. That's a, a guy that uh, I can respect right there. So it's really yeah. exciting to be fe featuring some toe tag on the show. Uh, there's going to be a lot more music where that came from. And uh, later, we're even going to have a interview with Blaine himself. <laughs> so there's that. So there's that. Before we listen to any more music, dude, dude, let's get right into it. What pisses you off? What pisses me off is a music thing, Steve. Yo, tell me. All right, so there's a band, a band from the Lesser Seattle, which is otherwise known as Portland. Fuck that band. <laughs> oh, wait. It's the March 4th Marching Band, and they have a new release. They have a new release called Magic Number, and I'm very psyched about it because I like this band a lot. And I went to get the new release, and I put it on my music machine, 
and all three of their albums I have legitimate paid for copies of zero piracy going on and now in my digital library is March 4th marching band spelled three different goddamn fucking ways <laughs> oh I hate that that's the worst get it together band pick a way to spell it and do it consistently yeah, God, that pisses me off. Between that or people that have, like, a symbol in their name, like ACDC. I have two ACDCs in iTunes, and I can't get rid of one of them. It's the same yeah. fucking band. Death Star. I have Death Star on my computer <laughs> four different ways because of the fucking star between their name. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, figure that shit out. That should be A number one. What about you, Steve? What's pissing you off? You know, I've got actually a big one. Now, a lot of times there's something kind of small that pisses us off, Mm -hmm. day-to-day life things. But a week and a half ago, I had a big thing happen. So I go out for lunch, and I grab a a salad with some chicken on it. I'm going to bring it back to my desk and eat at my desk. I'm sitting at a light about three blocks away from my work. And all of a sudden, my world gets turned completely sideways. I am slammed into by another motor vehicle, which slams me into the truck in front of me. Again, I was not moving. I was stationary at a light, looking out the window, totally blindsided. So I get hit. That sucks, but why did you lead this story with what kind of salad you were getting? Just because I'm trying to tell you how ordinary the day was. Oh, okay. It's a chicken salad kind of day. The salad flies off the seat and smashes into the dashboard, by the way. Still in the okay. bag. We'll come back to that later. Okay. So, I the guy in front of me is like, what the fuck? And he's like glaring at me out of his windshield. I'm like, hey, wasn't me. And so we sort of yeah, wave each no other. Yeah, there's no universal symbol for that either. You can like yeah. throw your hands up like, I don't know is what it looks like. There's no yeah. symbol for yeah, there, nah. it's the asshole behind me. Right. So, so we wave over. We pull into the grocery store parking lot that is right across the street. The woman who hit me comes running up and she says... Are you guys okay? Yeah, I, I'm okay. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. The other guy. Turns out he had just picked up his truck. It was a used vehicle, but he just picked it up the night before oh. from the dealership. So, Oh, that sucks. Yeah, less than 24 hours he'd had it, and already it's in an accident. So the woman says, okay, well, I, I'm just really hoping that we can take care of this ourselves. And ourselves? <laughs> what? What, what do you mean? Well... You know, I, I, I'm working for a temp agency, and i got to get back to my job, but I don't really have insurance, and I don't have a driver's license on me, and I'm staying with a friend. I mean, this was like just a terrible, horrible situation. And This is a you know, she's talking to me, And I'm just like, listen, I would love to help you, but from what you're saying to me, there is no way that you can get my car and his car back to the state it was 20 minutes ago. That's not possible. And so the other gentleman kind of surreptitiously surreptitiously went to the side and called the police while I was standing there talking to her. So the police pulls up, and then she says, oh, well, I might have a warrant out for my arrest. Oh, my God. So it even gets worse. So the policeman, he's checking everything out. He asks how everybody is. She says she doesn't feel so good. They call an ambulance. Ambulance comes, takes her away. So he pulls us over the side, and he's like, listen, in the state of Washington... Here's how it goes. She has nothing. She has no insurance. She has no, you know, funds. She has warrants out for arrest. Uh, I mean, she just left because she has a terrible case of incarceritis. But, (laughs) 
Which I right. thought was hilarious. <laughs> I almost doubled over laughing. The other guy didn't think it was that funny. I think he was, I was just like, okay, what, what are you going to do? So she had left. He said, you know, in the state of Washington, your insurance is responsible for your car. Your insurance is responsible for your car. That's it. She's probably going to get another ticket added on to a couple of tickets added on to all the things that she's got going on for her. And that's pretty much it. That's all that's going to happen here. And it was like, wow, okay. So, you know, we I was able to drive a couple of blocks away to a mechanic that I've used before. And they looked it over and assessed that I could at least drive it home. And I was able to get home. But it's like from there, you got to get a new vehicle. We, we put it in insurance. It was totaled. Because it was 1998 RAV4. We've been around the block a few times. Uh, I mean, it was still in excellent condition for a car that age, but that was it for it. So then I had to spend last weekend like going out and finding a new vehicle. And it, it was the the what sucks about it is that this was the first vehicle that my wife and I had like planned for. We researched, we figured out what we wanted, we actually ordered it in because we wanted a manual instead of a automatic. And got it, and it was the one we wanted, and it, our kids grew up in it. And so to, to, to lose that vehicle I was, like, much more hard emotionally than I thought it would be. And that's what pisses me off, man. It's like minding my own goddamn business, and all of a sudden something drastically changes in your life that you have to deal with. That sucks. That totally sucks. I'm sorry, Steve. That yeah, sucks. it's not your fault, man. You didn't run into me. Yeah, it still was... sucks. And, you know, the, the fucked up thing is... Like, she might have spent the night in jail because she ran into me. I kind of feel bad about that. But by the same token, it wasn't anything that I did karmically that caused that situation to happen. You know what you I mean? You feel bad about that? I sort of do. You shouldn't have uh, to go to jail because you got in an accident. But on the other hand, you know, she made decisions, obviously, in her life that got her to that point. I just, I, I sort of felt bad afterwards thinking about that, that... It was just nobody won in this situation. That guy was that got hit in front of me. His car was fucked. My car was totaled, and she might have spent the night in prison. All because she should have like, been going to jail because she she's driving without a license, looking at her cell phone or something, and not paying attention. And she hadn't done all the shit. And the people who actually did have a license and insurance were the ones who get fucked. That sucks. That pisses yeah. me off. That should piss you off. So the chicken salad. So I get, finally, <laughs> yes. I get back to work and I, I walk sadly upstairs. I open up, the salad had busted open inside the bag. So I had to dump this bag of salad back into the tray so that I could eat it. It was pathetic. <laughs> Fucking pathetic. just feeling like, woe is me. Yeah. Eating this, your is just, up salad this is just shit. Off a tray. So yeah. With your fingers. Yeah, I gotta say. Yeah, it's like I say, it's never the thing. It's never the Friday the 13th or the... the it was, actually. It happened on Friday conversion. the 13th. Oh, really? It well, was never totally mind. Friday the 13th. I'm totally wrong. I was going to say it's always some random like Tuesday at 3 in the afternoon. It happened on Friday the 13th. Yeah, it absolutely well, did. We were just asking for it then. I, I guess so. Going out on Friday the 13th, getting uh, chicken salad. Yeah. What the hell were you thinking? Chicken's used in voodoo. Yeah, I don't even know. It still and pisses Santeria. me off. You know what? Let's listen to a song. I dedicate this one to the woman who hit me. This is called Sack Ache. <laughs>
right, once again, that was Sack Ache taken from Toe Tag's self-titled 2014 release. And joining me now is none other than the vocalist of this great band, as well as the farts and the accused, Blaine Cook. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I have to say, you had an enormous effect on my co-host in high when we were young kids. I mean, uh, in high school, Gord was more of the punk rock fan, and I was more of the metalhead. But w- the one thing that we could agree on is that the return of Martha Splatterhead was fucking rad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we lived, we grew up in Wairika, California, so it was kind of hard to get you know, really cool punk albums and things like that. So the fact it even found it its way into our hands was a minor miracle. But we absolutely loved it and listened to the shit out of it. Uh, to the extent, I remember there was one time uh, we were uh, helping a teacher of ours remodel uh, during a summer, and we had just put on The Accused, and the teacher comes in, and he, he says, is that music? I thought it was a table saw, which was a badge of honor. <laughs> Yeah, I've been said that my my voice back then sounded like I was like gargling with nails or something. You know, so I'm, you know, I don't know. That's it's just the way it came out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, but enough talking about the old band. Uh, you know, I was looking online and I see lots of interviews about the farts and about the accused, but you don't talk as much about Toe Tag, which is like the current gone going concern. So let's talk about Toe Tag a little. What was your impetus for forming this band? Toe Tag, actually, we uh, we were going to do Toe Tag after we did the last go-around with the farts, and then we kind of just stumbled on to, you know, do, doing the accused again, so it was just it was just kind of like a, a, a continuation of, of what we were already doing, so, like, as soon as we were done done doing the accused, um, you know, we pretty much started started writing the, writing the Toe Tag material. Um, yeah, we've been doing it for, I don't know, 10, 10, 10 11 years now. I think we started in like uh, August or September, and then we uh, got a bass player. That we we wrote, wrote like ten songs without even a bass player. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, then we recruited uh, Steve McVeigh and Alex. Alex uh, was playing with Steve uh, a few years uh, before that in a band called the Hot Rod Lunatics. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, we tried out. We tried out one other guy. He doesn't just wasn't the right fit. And Alex said, "Well, let's let's give McVeigh a call." And uh, yeah. And, and here we are. We just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I, I've always been curious because Toe Tag has a, a similar artistic vibe to it and sonic vibe. I know that The Accused was already a band before you joined them. Were you the one who brought the horror theme to The Accused or was it vice versa? Um, I, I wouldn't say that, that I brought it, that that's, that, you know, there, there was The Accused before I was in the band, mm-hmm. and actually, I, I, I knew those guys, and, you know, they, they did a couple of their per, first shows, um, you know, with the farts, and, you know, I was hanging with those guys, and we were smoking weed, and, you know, skateboarding around, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so they, they were just, they were kind of, kind of part of that, you know, their, their, their sound at that point in time was, was different than what it, than what it turned into, you know, after I was in the band. Okay. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily, you know, that wasn't really my doing. I think at that point in time, that's like when Evil Dead came out, and that was a big, uh, a big, a big influence on us. Um, on all of us, know, really? Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, as far as you know, and with everything else that was going on, and I like that, you know, nineteen eighty five, nineteen eighty six, nineteen eighty four time, you know, time period. Yeah, with Return of the <sighs> Living know. Dead, another big influence was hitting right around that same time too, which kind yeah, of merged totally. the punk rock and the horror thing all in one, which was fantastic. Yeah, totally. 
and uh, yeah, you know, with the toe tag, I mean, it's just those are kind of things that you know we still like. Um, you know, Alex Alex writes all of the music in toe tag, and that's kind. Of, you know, we're kind of you know, we we kind of like metal, we kind of like hardcore. I mean, it's we kind of almost you know. Uh, this might be going out on a limb, but we kind of almost consider ourselves almost to be like the Bad Brains, you know, that instead of doing a reggae thing, you know, we'll do some more speedy, you know, hardcore tunes, and we'll do some slower, you know, more marijuana-smoking <laughs> tempo stuff. Yeah, well, I can totally see that, absolutely. Tell me a little bit yeah. about working with Alex, because I, I'm really impressed with the fact that, you know, a lot of bands that kind of play hardcore or punk don't seem to spend as much time, it feels like, thinking about tone. The tone with Toe Tag is fucking fat and amazing, and I just love it. And I feel like like Alex puts a lot of love into that. He puts a lot of love into his sound. Um, the guy, he, he loves loves playing guitar. He loves playing out of his Marshalls, you know, his his, his effects pedals. I mean, the guy's got like you know t- ten or ten or fifteen guitars. Um, <laughs> you know, he he like he likes to play guitar. And I think, unfortunately, you know, the older we get, you don't really have as much of that, you know, kind of disposable time. Um, sure, yeah, once you, know, you have a family, absolutely. You, right, you know, you got a family, you got a job, you got a couple of dogs, and, you know, all that other stuff, stuff that, go, that seems to suck up all the time. But no, he just, he just loves, he loves, loves, loves to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he loves, he loves to play the bass as well, you know, so it's just kind of... It's just kind of kind of carry over. <laughs> nice, yeah. I love the fact that that live too. He can make it sound like there's two guitar players in the band. That's freaking awesome. Well, he gets you know we we get sound guys that, that freak out. It's like they you know um, <laughs> we we used to sometimes we'd we'd bring we'd keep play out of the two two full stacks and you know they'd freak out. He'd always say you know it's it's, it's the tone I'm getting out of the amps. It's, it's not the volume. That's you absolutely know, actually, right. We, yeah. Right. Yeah, we actually we had a show that we were uh, supposed to play down in Tacoma. God, I don't know. It was probably three or four years ago now. And uh, we we showed up. Uh, we set up. We were going to do a little line check, and then the uh, it was just one of these sound guys that you know thinks it's the seventies or something. The guy was a total prick, and he kind of motions motions us over, and he's going, "Yeah, he needs to turn that down." And Alex was like, he was like on a one, and the guy's going, "Well, you know, I'm gonna." I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it sound good out of the PA. And uh, Alex just went, "Fuck, you know what? We we loaded up our shit and we left." <laughs> you know, <laughs> absolutely, like, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, while, while we're on the subject of the band, why don't you tell me a little bit about your rhythm section? Um, well, you know, we used to um, uh, w- when we first started, we were pretty much three quarters of the accused. With you know, uh, me, Blaine, singing, Alex, Megabrain, now playing six string. Mm-hmm. Uh, guitar and uh, Steve O'Ring Nelson was the drummer and Steve Steve he uh, he retired from drumming a couple of years back and way way back in the day Steve was in a band called uh, March of Crimes uh, that had a uh, a young Ben Shepard who uh, later on went went on oh, to yeah. be in a Soundgarden absolutely right so he was yeah he was playing with because they were Cambridge Island guys same as like malfunction and the whole mother love bone and all that uh-huh. that's a whole, whole whole other thing so then uh so steve so steve retired and then we uh recruited um what ended up being the youngest guy in the band um chris the uh diabolical diamond c and he was the uh drummer for a old seattle hardcore band called last gas oh, okay. and uh he was all he was also a singer for a band called the midnight idols and uh I'd run into him because he works at the cash and carry, and uh, I own a couple of I, not me, but my family, my wife, me, and my wife and my daughter own own a couple of restaurants. So I'd see I'd see Chris every day when I was uh, doing my shopping runs, and I asked him uh, if he wanted to drum for us, 
and uh, he drummed for us for, for a couple of years, and then he moved on to do uh, other things last June. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a new drummer, and his name is Daryl, and Daryl has been jamming with Steve McVeigh, who's our bass player. They've been buddies since, I don't know, like right out of high school. So <laughs> cool. they've been jamming. They've been jamming for like the last, you know, 30, 30 years or so. And uh, yeah, when, when Chris quit, uh, yeah, Daryl Daryl came in and he was just going to come in and just, uh, just fill in for a little bit. And then he decided that, you know, yeah, he liked it. So he, he, he stuck with it and... Uh, that's the drummer, and we just had Steve McVeigh, just been the, the one bass player. He used to be in the in the Hot Rod Lunatics with Alex, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been in a uh, you know a bunch of other things. He was in a, a band called Vile Boogie way back when, a band called the Wife Beaters. Um, oh God, occasionally he does a couple of other other one off deals, but you know, that's Steve the Beast McVeigh. Well, it's pretty cool that you were able to to get a drummer who already had some chemistry with your bass player. I mean, I, there's no way that Totag doesn't benefit from that, you know? Oh, yeah, and, that, and that's that's why we're able to, you know, I don't know, I, I guess that's kind of like why, why we keep doing it. We, we have we have that chemistry, but we also don't don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all adults now, so it's like we're not, <laughs> we're not in high school, we're not in our 20s, so it's like nobody, you know, nobody has a blow-up over, over stupid shit like other people do. You know, we, you know, we enjoy playing together. Uh, we like the music that we're doing, mm-hmm. you know. We get we get tossed a bone every once in a while, and you know it's it's still, it, it's still fun. You know, we're still having a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, what I loved about Toe Tag was I saw you guys open for uh, Max Sabbath recently last summer, and oh, yeah, just was- like you guys had a singularity of focus last night. You were going to kick some ass, and you just crushed it. That was awesome. As a vocalist. You know, there are lots of singers who sing, and that's awesome, but but I've always had an appreciation for guys who just leave it all on the stage, and I feel like you definitely fit that mold. Who are some of the singers that, that were influential to you when you were just getting started? Well, of course, being in a band, starting in a band back then, you know, I didn't really look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the, the people that I would say that, you know, influenced what I did the most would have been uh, Ron Reyes from Black Flag. Sure. Uh, Darby Crash and uh, Cal Cal from Discharge, you know, mm-hmm. those three at, the, at that point in time would have been, you know, but that's what I was trying to emulate, you know, something, you know, I, I wasn't a uh, la-la, you know, sing-along kind of guy. I wanted, you know, something that really bit hard and you know, had a little bit of a little bit of aggression to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just I, I love how you get after it, and there's like zero fucking around. You're there to to rock. Well, that's what we like to do. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that's, that's why we're still doing it, man. It's like we've already gone through, you know, uh, we all wish it was still like the good old days where you'd play a show and you'd get paid a couple of grand at the end of the night. It's like now, it's like money, you don't even you don't even talk about that. It's like you're, we're going to get some drink tickets, you know, we're going to be cool, you're you're going to be cool to us, and, you know, every, everything, everything's going to be fine. You know, it's, you just do it. Now it's just for, it's, you know, we just do it just for the love of it. Absolutely, yeah. So what's next for Totag? Are you guys planning on recording anything new? What do you got going on? Um, well, right now we're doing this uh, this Accused AD thing, so we've got this Accused tribute band. I was just going to uh, ask you about that afterwards. So yeah, let's let's jump into that. So uh, Accused yeah, so, AD on April twenty eighth, right. a couple of days after my birthday at El Corazon, it's going to be fucking great. I'm really looking forward to this with DRI, another Bone Bat Show band that we've interviewed. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and we've actually we played with DRI already, you know, two two or three times over the years. 
Kotak actually opened for DRI and the accused, uh, I don't know, two, two, two or three years ago. Um, <laughs> nice. You know, we've been doing these these accused songs, you know, off and on. We used to call ourselves Martha's Revenge uh-huh. when we do the accused songs. And, uh, you know, we were just thinking it would just, just be appropriate, you know, because it's the 30-year anniversary of the release of More Fun Than an Open Casket Funeral. We just thought we'd just, just learn all the songs off that record and play them, you know. Uh-huh. Side one, side one through side two, or on the record at side side burial and side eulogy. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we're doing. We're learning all of those. We've got the first side, you know, pretty much dialed in, and we're working we're working on the second side. Oh, and, uh, that's going to be great. Yeah, that was the yeah, first album when I went away to college. The very first album I bought when I went into a record store was more fun than an open casket funeral. Are you guys going to do your cover of Devil Woman? Yeah, yeah, we're doing yes. everything. We're gonna, yeah, we're, no, oh yeah, we're doing Devil Women. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have all the, all the, all the cheesy samples, you know, in oh, between beautiful. the songs. I love it. Yeah, we're going to uh, do our best to do the, uh, to do the 30 year anniversary of that record. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it, man. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, but then on on the on the toe tag side, we did uh, before uh, our our drummer Chris bailed. Um, we we did a uh, four song uh, recording um, with uh, Jack and Dino. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been uh, mastered by Dave Eck at uh, at Lucky Lacquers, and um, we sent the paperwork off. So it's going to be a uh, one sided one sided twelve inch, and uh, I don't know. It'll probably take a couple of months for him to uh, for it to go go through the pressing. So I- I'm hoping that we're going to have that uh, by April. Nice. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing it, man. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Well, where can our listeners find your stuff, Blaine? You know what? If you contact us through through our Facebook, we will hook you up. And, uh, you know, we'd like to have a thing on Bandcamp and all that stuff. It's just so, you know, once you do that, it's like it just it becomes too much like a business. And, you know, we're not a business. You Understood. Know? So, you know, you want to buy some shirts from us, send us a message. You know, I'll, I'll give, you the pay, give you the PayPal information and, you know, we'll, we'll send them off. And, uh, you know, shirts or, you know, we've got, you know, some of our vinyl or, or CDs or, you know, what, what have you. You know, we're just really low tech. You know, we're just you know, <laughs> you know, we're not going to pretend like we're big time because we're not. So there's, you know, we put about as much effort into it as we expect to get out of it. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you again for the great music. Now, one other question I wanted to ask you, and it, to, just to give you a shout out, which yeah. came first, the music or the burgers? Oh, the music was way. <laughs> uh, well, you know, actually, I, I worked at the Red Robin when I was in high school, so okay, okay. I guess I started. Yeah, and then before that, I worked at a, at a hot dog place. But well, yeah. For the, for those listeners who aren't familiar, uh, that Blaine is actually the owner of Zippy's Burgers here in Seattle, which is an amazing hamburger place. As somebody who loves hamburgers as an art form myself, Zippy's does a wonderful job. I take my family there whenever I can, and it's always a fantastic meal. So you definitely have to check that out. Yes. Yes. We're doing the zippies. If I was a better, I was a better businessman, my bank account would be bigger. But I do, know, I do know that I make a good hamburger, and I, I try to make my my employees happy. And uh, you sure do, absolutely. That's yeah, no yeah. argument there. We grind our beef fresh every day, and we hand make every patty. So nice. we do about two thousand two thousand pounds of beef a week. Wow, that's great. That's two thousand pounds worth of patties that somebody. Not not me anymore, but, but other people make <laughs> other people make by hand. Yeah. Now the the pepper relish. I got to give a shout out to this because the the spicy burger you have is that the number eleven? 
Yeah, the number 11, yeah. Oh, the spicy pepper relish is so good on that burger. I'm just a sucker for that every time. Yeah, that's um, a local company called Mama Lil's. And, uh, yeah, they do a bunch. Yeah, they do that, uh, the goat horn peppers, and they do a, a pepper lily relish. And um, if you're a fan of a Bloody Mary, they do a good... Uh, Pickled spicy bean. Ooh, they do the, really? You know, okay. You know, pickled asparagus. Yeah, they do a bunch. They do a bunch of stuff. You know, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you again for joining us on the show. One last question: oh. We always yeah. ask all of our guests, Blaine, what pisses you off, man? <laughs> you asked me already. Well, it's the same thing. Everything, everything, everything pisses me off. You know, <laughs> you know, white, white people. You know, black people. Game everything. You know, I don't know. I still, I, you know, with that, with everything that's going on, you know, I'm still a fuck the system guy. And uh, too many people are getting too sensitive about it. It's like the system's fucked. You know, what's going on now? It's fucked. It's been fucked. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah just you know, you gotta, right you, now it's fucked, and there's an underline under it. You know, that that's yeah. the difference really. Yeah. It was already fucked. It right. was pre fucked, but now it's yeah. super yeah. fucked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all about, you know, I'm I'm gonna make my little island, you know, as uh, you know, hospitable as possible and you know, that's that's what I'm gonna do. All right, man, that's a great answer. Well thank you again so much for joining us on the show. Why don't you introduce this next song? Um, this next song is called Machete Killa. This is um actually the first uh first single that we did um some years ago the, the b-side is actually us doing a cover of uh, junior's eyes by black sabbath and oh, the nice. song machete killer is about a, uh, a serial killer um by the name of juan corona and he actually went and uh he had all these migrant farm workers do all this work for him and then when it was time to pay him he took them out into the fields and he well he uh sodomized them and then he then he killed them and he buried them and uh, some of these guys he had brought out like the day or so before and actually had them dig their own graves. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so it was like, I mean, it ended up being the, the amount of people that he killed. It was like, essentially, it was like a fresh kill every 48 hours. You know, the guy was like, wow, you know, yeah. So, yeah, that's it. The machete killer. And here it is, folks.
Mississippi Blaine, the Duke of the Delridge from Toe Tag, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. Yeah. All right. Once again, thanks to Blaine for joining us on the show. That last tune was a gourd request. Machete mm-hmm. Killer and Eight Pints from 2013's Here She Comes Again on Conundrum Media. That's a great song. Got a little guitar at the beginning yeah. of that song. Yeah, that's one of the great things about Toe Tag is they've got an... Puck bands are often, I find, like very kind of tinny or sort of lo-fi in their delivery. And Toe Tag sounds fucking great. They do. It's just a really fat tone, which I enjoy thoroughly. Remember when we were listening to The Accused and we were working on that house together? <laughs> yes. And our math teacher came over and he thought it was a table saw running in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that was cool about The Accused because, like, I mean, we've kind of talked about this before. In high school, I was the metalhead. I was into Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Scorpions and stuff like that. You, on the other hand, were more into the punk rock stuff. But that was a band that immediately when you put that on, both of us went, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Tunes like Fucking for Bucks. That's a great one. <laughs> oh, Martha. Oh, so good. Actually, so Blaine and the guys from Toe Tag have formed another band that is called Accused AD because evidently the original Accused doesn't play around much anymore. And they're playing with DRI on April 28th in Seattle at El Corazon. How cool is that? Oh, my gosh. That is going to be one hell of a show. So, yeah, DRI and Accused AD, that's going to be a blast. They're playing songs from Open Casket Funeral, actually, at that gig. So, very cool. Yeah, you, you're pretty much contractually obligated to go to that. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to. That's pretty much a done deal. Hey, so, actually, you know what? Speaking of concerts, uh, I I know we got to get to Gord's Weird Stuff, but do you know who I saw live last week? Who did you see live last week? Brown Sabbath, my friend. I heard of them on the Bone Bat show. They were so good. Oh, my God. The singer changed costumes like five times. He came out oh. first, and he's wearing like a mariachi suit with a uh, like a steampunk gas mask. And then he oh, switched. Wow. Yeah, then he switched into a white suit like a drug dealer for Snowblind, which is amazing. Then he uh, switched into like a sort of an Aussie suit with frills, and then he wore a business suit with a pig head for War Pigs, which was totally cool. For War Pigs, yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah, the band was amazing. I mean, just spot on, and it was it was really cool because like they've got the horn section which was banging. They've got a guy on the bongos. He was awesome. The drummer was amazing. And the guitarists were both pretty good at first. And then the one guy starts soloing, and he does a lot of the soloing. And you're like, wow, that guy was fucking amazing. Then for Lord of This World, the other guitar player played the most amazing scorching solo. And my friend Andy and I both looked at each other, and we were just like, fuck. It was so good. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, it was just a wonderful evening. And, you know, I don't go out very much on a Wednesday night. It's a school night. It's late. But I'm so glad I did. That was fantastic. Yeah, good call. What a show. That that sounds like a great show. If they get down to Davis, man, you got to get out and see them sometime. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Orgoni, you're a big fan of them, aren't you? I like the Orgoni, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be here with the Monophonics in uh, Seattle in February at the same place, the Nectar. So maybe that is a gig that... uh, some folks should look out for. 
And I don't know if that's really your speed, Steve, but uh, Monophonics, a lot of fun to see live. I've seen them live. Not seen Orgoni or Orgone or however you want to say their name, but I imagine that they're even better than the Monophonics. So oh, wow. That's, okay. if, you like, if you like shaking your ass, uh, that'd be a place to do it. So about a little Gord's weird stuff. Speaking of shaking well, our you asses. know what? It's 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 much like me. It's short, it's weird, and it's right to the point. I saw this <laughs> news story. I saw no other context or anything. Just this one little blurb from Bardston, Kentucky. Don't you love it when this they, segment just writes itself? I <laughs> do. And it 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 goes a little something like this. A Bardston man is charged with assaulting a woman with a frozen sausage. That's, that's the headline. <laughs> and then you read the body of the story, which is only one line long, and it gets weirder. Police said Derek Keisler, Kulser? Police said Derek Kulser, 24, struck an infant before hitting a woman in the head with a frozen sausage log. The end. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell. So, Guys just walking around slapping babies and beating people with a log of frozen sausage. So it wasn't just a single sausage assault. It was a sausage spree, if you will. It was. Now, no details on if he struck the infant with the sausage <laughs> or if it was more of just an open palm strike on the infant. No details on whether this was a registered frozen sausage if he had a permit to carry a concealed frozen sausage i there's, don't know there's not even it doesn't really tell where it happened right like was he in a grocery store just want running down the aisle whacking people or was it like in the neighborhood he came out well, of yeah. his home and started hitting people i don't even Jimmy know Dean, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> that's so rad how big was this sausage log that a woman called the police after being struck with it well yeah I mean, I guess there's no acceptable size of frozen sausage law to strike a woman. To be hit by, I'm sorry, ma'am, but we measured it and it's only a six inch sausage. (laughs) In this state, it's got to be 12 inch sausage in order to actually. Clearly, states. No, no court in no court in the state would convict, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. He's been released on his own resognizance. Resognizance. No, that, that joke's not going to work. Resognizance? I don't know. That kind of works. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was trying to work a natural casings <laughs> angle in there, and I, I couldn't quite do it either. Like you do. Like you do. <laughs> yeah, that's all there was on the internet. I couldn't click the link. It's funny how we never run out of shit for this segment. There's always someone, like, doing something naked involving the or police. Weird. Yeah, there's always just something somewhere. Yeah. Someone's doing a cow <laughs> or hitting someone with a frozen pig product. Jerking off in a ninja costume. <laughs> ninja, ninja, ninja starvation. <laughs> uh, the portmanteau, right? <laughs> right. In this case, it's the porkmanteau. <laughs> porkmanteau. All right, should we listen to another tune? Let's do it. Why don't Sawtopsy! Oh, that's a good one! Yeah! From Totag, off of Here She Comes Again, this is Sawtopsy! Another portmanteau!
All right. Once again, that was Sawtopsy from Toe Tags. Here she comes again. 2013 Conundrum Media. Buy it at finer record stores near you. So, dude, any uh, multimedia triage this week? What are you it digging on? It has been so long, so long since we talked. I've got oh, all kinds of multimedia triage. You probably triage. have too much. I probably do. And I'm not even talking about the fact that I'm playing the same damn video games I've been playing for the last two, three years. Hey, let's start no. there then. I finished Dishonored 2 since our last conversation. You did? Totally fun. I had a great time with that game. Good story. It's interesting as you go through the Empire. There are a series of people you need to take down in order to return to the throne uh, and save your father. I played as Emily Caldwin, the deposed empress of uh, Dunwall. And uh, great time. Now, I played this. It was interesting. My son was playing the game, too, and he did it like killer mayhem just murdering everybody you could now i went i did stealth mode and tried to kill as few people as possible which led to some interesting conversations about why are you such a wuss dad (laughs) i'm like why are you such a bloodthirsty ogre son i have to rule these people afterwards i want them to appreciate me as a kind and beneficent leader no he wasn't buying it anyway So, fun game. Some of the stealth stuff is stupid hard. And I kind of screwed up the first couple of levels. I didn't get all of the runes and uh, perk bone charm power-up things. So, I kind of was a little bit uh, not as high-powered as I should have been going into the rest of the game. But I kind of figured it out and uh, responded. I loved the locations. I enjoyed the game a lot, and I would definitely say check it out. I think I ended up playing about 26 to 28 hours total in the entire campaign, so I really got, I feel like I got my money's worth out of it. And uh, good game. Check it out. All right, cool. I'm once again trying to beat Darkest Dungeon. You know that's never going to work. Have you ever beaten it? You, you've played through it, right? No, I put uh, like 160 some weeks into get into one game and, and ended up walking away. Wow. Just not going to win. You ended up in a position where you had lost like high powered people and you couldn't win. Is that because I know you've done that with XCOM where you've lost like some dudes and you've decided just to reset and take another. Oh yeah, time. I fully I've lost like there's no getting over this kind of lost XCOM, but with Darkest Dungeon. One could conceivably start from scratch and you'd at least have your buildings all powered up and go again. But at that point, I had lost so much and all these guys that I had so much invested in were dead and I was broke. And it was just like, well, you know what? Now I have a better idea how to approach this game. I'm going to pick the game up again sometime. Yeah. And I started a couple small games, got a little ways into them, and then I went, you know what, I'm, I'm starting over, I'm going to start from scratch and do it again. And I'm probably 60, 70 weeks into this game. There's been some changes, though. I wasn't even going to talk about Darkest Dungeon. Okay. There have been some changes to it, not even DLC, which is coming, but there have been some changes, some random events that have been added, which actually make the game a lot more fun, where you'll just, after returning from a dungeon something will happen and usually it's something good like oh one of your characters that didn't go on the adventure leveled up or hey everyone can heal for free at the church this time but there's also the occasional random horrible thing that happens and i've encountered this twice now where 
there's this little mission you'll see pop up way in the corner, like on the road to the other main places you have missions to. And it's for level six characters. And if you don't go on this mission, the barbarians that you got to fight will go into your town and raise one or more of your buildings. Oh, shit. So you have to go on this. And it is brutal. And it's just like going into the darkest dungeon in that if you try to retreat, at least one of your characters will be permanently killed. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I went into one of those and made it through about two rooms and one of my guys died and I had to retreat and like another one I lost in the retreat. And then I went in again and as soon as things started getting bad, I just cut my losses. Well, one of you four is not going to be making it home because we're retreating right now. Toss all your valuables in the sack. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, but I've got a lot more confidence that uh, I'm going to take this one farther. I think really the the trick to it is not worrying about the health of all your guys so much. It's just trying to create a party of four high-level characters that you can send into the darkest dungeon and throw people away. What, you have You have a torn rotator cuff and syphilis? No, nope, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sucks to be you. Not paying to fix you. And people say that veterans are fucked in Trump's America. <laughs> yeah, well, that's nothing compared to the darkest dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Hey, yeah, so speaking of raising barbarians, yeah. have you played any pit people yet? Oh, I have. Yes. Bought the early access. You know, it's five bucks off and it's wonderful. It's every bit as wonderful as you think it's going to be. I can't wait for the full game to be released, especially since I own it. <laughs> right, I know. I bought it too, but I haven't even played it yet because I was finishing up uh, Dishonored 2. And then we uh, got Rock Band 4 for Christmas. And as a family, we've been playing that. And remember uh, at PAX, I reviewed the rockumentary mode of, yeah. uh, the, of Rock Band 4. Dude, it's so much fun to play with your family. Because like, our band, which is called the Narwaffles... Uh, we've been playing through set lists and we've been we've been trying to build up our following in the community and uh, we had we had something bad happened. We uh, did a charity gig and it turned out that we didn't research the charity enough. They were giving endangered whale meat to prisons and uh, it really hurt our cachet. Uh, it hurt our popularity very much. So we're probably going to have to uh, take another stab at it and start over. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely silly and absolutely delightful. Oh, that's wonderful. Hey, but here's yeah, a... Pit People is good to play with, with two people. I've been playing it with Barbarian Child, and it's it's so ridiculous. The music is wonderful. The game's wonderful. The game's challenging. Yeah, but... no, because it's, it is turn-based strategy, so it's absolutely a different thing than you've played in Castle Crashers or... Uh, Alien Hominid or... Battle... Battle Block Theater. Battle Block Theater, that's the one. Yeah, and customization of your characters just out the butt. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many wacky weapons, hats, outfits, whatever, shields you can be wielding in this. It's wonderful. Yeah, no, there's some amazing depth. And my guess is that, like, Castle Crashers hats and Alien Hominid things, there's going to be a lot of crossover because the way the universe is set up now with the giant dead whale... It's, yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of coolness going on in that game. Yeah. So in fact, I know that once the the full game is released, 
if you own other games by the Behemoth, then you're going to get crossover hats or weapons or whatever. Which is very cool. Yeah. So, I mentioned uh, March 4th Marching Band. They've got a new album out, Magic Number. I still don't know what to call this kind of music. I guess you could just call it marching band music, but it's not like John Philip Sousa. It's like something you'd encounter in New Orleans. And if you like their other stuff, you'll like this. It's, it's more of the same. It's just upbeat, fun, well-produced, lots of horns music. You should really check it out if it's your thing. Unlike the others, though, uh, this thing is available on Bandcamp. I don't even know if you can buy a CD of this. Hmm. So check out March 4th, Marching Band. How are they going to spell it? Bandcamp, <laughs> magic number. And then I read a book. What? I read uh, Carl Hyacinth's uh, new one, Razor Girl. Did you oh, read that it? one? I haven't read a Hyacinth in quite some time. Oh, well, he's still kicking. He's still making books about, you know, how shitty Florida is and why he <laughs> loves to live there. <laughs> it starts out very, it should be near and dear to your heart. Uh, this woman rear ends somebody in traffic. And when he goes back to give her a piece of his mind, he discovers that she crashed into him because she has been shaving her nether regions whilst driving. And she's, she's got her skirt pulled down and her hoo-ha out, and then she's, oh, shaving. Oh, oh, goodness me. Sorry, can't we work something out? And, of course, you know that this chick is a grifter. This was completely planned ahead of time. And no, no good comes to this guy that hooks up with her. That's how the book starts. It's pure Hyacinth. If you like Carl Hyacinth, good stuff. Funny, poignant, kind of sad if you think about it too much. And uh, a love letter to an abusive Florida. <laughs> that sounds like a good book. I'll have to check it out. You know, yeah. I've just started reading uh, the new Lee Child, Jack Reacher book, uh, Night School. But I'm not far enough into it to uh, make any sort of determination. So far, uh, a young Reacher has been uh, pulled out of the regular mission pool and sent to uh, sort of a camp with a CIA guy and an FBI guy. And uh, they have a mission, but they don't really know what it is yet. So it's sort of a mystery, but uh, I'm certain I'll find out. Yeah, you will. And things won't be as they seem. That's my guess. Yeah, I'm reading, you now that, you know, some of my favorite comic or my favorite comic book uh, for a while is no more i'm back looking around for things to read and i just read dark horses gun theory which was very cool it's by daniel way and john proctor okay and the art is is very cool it's a lot of ink heavy heavy ink lots of details in every picture but then the, the color that goes over that is almost this this wash of like muted neons and it's it's just a neat kind of desolate feel to this whole comic book and it's a it's a sin city type story about this hitman this assassin and he's he's out doing his jobs getting a contract killing people killing anyone that may have seen him getting his money and shredding his identity tossing his phone burning his car going on to the next one and unfortunately for him, he meets a dame. Meets a dame while he's in the middle of a shoot 'em up. I don't want to give too much away, but it's a very slow burn. You'll go through a lot of pages without any dialogue or with very little dialogue. There's a lot to look at in this comic book. If you want a really 
text-heavy, deep story with a lot of twists and turns, this is not going to be it for you. If you want just a cool, atmospheric thing to enjoy, uh, check out Gun Theory on uh, on Dark Horse. Cool. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I am reading another book that uh, you might be interested in. Did you know that Joe Abercrombie? You know Joe Abercrombie. I know Joe Abercrombie. Brand new book out of short stories called The Sharp Ends. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it's all tales of different characters from Red Country, from Heroes, from each of his books. There's like little short stories that have the same characters and they cross over and it's pretty freaking cool. I'm about halfway through it right now. It's a lot of fun. I'd say check that out as well. Yeah, I'll have to do that. I'm... I've got so many books all of a sudden piled up on me. I started reading for for no particular reason other than I just kind of missed the universe. I started reading Eisenhorn again. That's and so, so good. That, that's a weighty tome. You know, I'm, yeah. what, 600 pages into it? And a couple different friends just randomly gave me books to read. And then, you know, I'm in a book group, so I'm reading the books for that. And I guess the next book we're going to read is supposed to be really kick-ass. It's called The Dry. I, have, I haven't even cracked it yet. Huh. And meanwhile, I just finished reading Razor Girl. And I'm, I'm watching a whole bunch of movies because we're going to have a, a film festival. So <laughs> I, my, my plate is full of things to enjoy right now. Absolutely. And on top of all that, I just watched a documentary about uh, Floyd Norman called an animated life and i knew nothing about floyd norman it was just a cool little story about this guy's life he was an animator at disney and he was this kid that wasn't paying attention in science class steve because he was too busy drawing pictures he wanted to be an animator and he he just worked he signed on at a very early age at disney he worked with walt disney and it's about his life and he did all kinds of different things all through the different incarnations of Disney, Pixar, whatever. And when he turned 65, Disney summarily fired him for being too fucking old. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. But to this day, he still kind of works at Disney. He, he got back in at Disney for the longest time. He was like just showing up <laughs> because he loves to animate. And it's, it's a sweet little story about this guy. He's got this really great attitude, and he's had this really neat life, and I knew nothing about him. That's really cool. And oh, by the way, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. you know, fascist Disney, he was the first black animator at Disney. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But he's very quick to point out, he's like, no, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I was an artist looking for a job. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything about skin color. It never is, never was. I'm, you know. I'm a guy that draws silly pictures. That's cool. Hey, so, yeah, so speaking Norman, of which, animated life. Yeah. Funny you should, uh, you know, this just reminded me that I got an email from Paul from the short Voices Thrown Silent. You remember the mockumentary about oh, in- yeah, yeah. interracial ventriloquism? It's available now for anybody to watch on Vimeo. Oh, cool. So I will post a link on the uh, Bone Bat page. And uh, like I said, it's like 40 minutes long, and it's freaking great. You should definitely watch it. It's charming and funny and thought-provoking at the same time. It's got a lot to say. So very, very cool short. And, uh, well, 40 minutes, very, very cool film. And you should definitely give that a little bit of your time. It's really good. Although, you know who doesn't have a lot to say? Who's that? Tom Hardy. (laughs) 
Tom Hardy does. He is a man of few words. He, he spends a, a lot of time grunting and really mumbling. Good grunts. He, yeah. he wandering around naked, grunt, grunting and mumbling, throwing bones and blood around. Yeah, communicating with some witches and warlocks from the other side of the planet and beyond the grave. Taboo. I'm digging this. I'm, I'm really enjoying watching this uh, series on TV, Steve. Yes. But not nearly as much as my wife is enjoying watching this series. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. You know what's cool about that? Having read uh, both David Liss's work, The uh, Spectacle of Corruption, Conspiracy of Paper, they're the uh, Benjamin Weaver books that have to do sort of with this uh, this precursor to a pr- the private eye who's constantly going back and forth with the East India Tea Company. Yeah. So, so having read those books, this show really sort of appeals to me in that way. But it's also really gritty, like Robert McCammon's Matthew Sharp books. They're also kind of the same time period. So there definitely is a literary slant to it, and I'm really digging the series as well. Did you notice that it's actually written by Tom Hardy's dad? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't know that was his dad. I I saw the last name. Yeah, isn't that cool? I figured it was his brother for some reason. It was a project with his father. I mean, that's and evidently his father's a writer. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that is very cool. There's a lot of details in this that are just wonderful that they get right, like that you wouldn't even think to notice. Like the fact the guy goes and takes a piss in the tannery. Yeah. Because, you know, they collect the urine. Right. And, and my wife has really enjoyed watching it, not just because naked Tom Hardy, but because of all the the opulent buildings and rooms that that exist. You know, it's just dirt and shit and mud outside. And then you go into this room with like a 20-foot ceiling and the walls are, you know, every wall is a piece of art and it's carvings yeah. and giant paintings. And she's like, yeah, it looks like that there. I've been there. It looks like that. And the cast is great. Jonathan Price is the head of the East India Tea Company. is amazing. Yeah, and, uh, he's oh, such a good bad guy. I can't remember the actress's name, but the woman from Run, Lola, Run, who plays a madam, is also awesome in it. I didn't know she was from Run, Lola, Run. Yeah, that's, that's her. That's cool. So, yeah, there's just uh, she was also in the Jason Bourne no, movies. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so she's yeah. Franca something, I think. But uh, she's, she's also great. So it's, it's a good series, and definitely uh, I'm enjoying it as well. Vikings is insane right now. Are you kept keeping up with this? No, I have not watched any. Everybody of the is fucking dying, dude. That's all I'm oh, going to wow. say. Everybody okay. is dying. See, there is just too much right now. Too much content. Yeah, I well, tried to watch um, a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, how's that on Netflix? I got almost through the first episode. Five minutes left in the first episode, and I went, nope, <laughs> meh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, meh. I suppose if I had very young children, this would be you know something I would watch with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's like, haven't I already seen this movie? <laughs> well, you may have. You probably saw the first movie, book? right? Yeah. 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 But no. that's where where it goes from there. Maybe that's what you see. Maybe you should start watching the second, second or third episode when they get past the first book. Yeah, maybe so. I, I don't know. know. Yeah. And I've been watching some great films for our film fest, so. Yeah, some wonderful shorts. I'm convinced already cool feature. that we can, right here on January 26th, we can guarantee that this is going to be an awesome film festival. Already, we have enough features to know that this is going to be a good one. 
and we've got a lot of good shorts with more coming every day. And Supersonic oh, Soul don't Pimps. Don't jinx it like that. What the fuck? Supersonic Soul Pimps, man. Yeah, we got the Supersonic Soul Pimps. Yeah, that's no, it's going to be awesome. And again, yeah, I watched a short that made me that actually made me scared. Like I jumped away from my computer watching it. I got <laughs> I got so scared. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're yeah. we're in good shape on the film festival. Uh, speaking of which, uh, while we're on the subject, tickets are going to go on sale, the regular price tickets, in about a week. So uh, February 1st, keep an eye peeled for that. Also, if you were a Kickstarter backer, we're going to be thanking you by name momentarily. But before we get to that, your survey is going to appear this weekend in your email box. So keep an eye peeled for that because we won't know what T-shirt size to make for you if you don't tell us. So. There you go. You got to tell us. But yeah, again, the uh, Kickstarter campaign went fantastically well. We came in 116% over our goal. We had 74 backers up front, which is the most we've ever had. And uh, additionally, we were able to offer and will be supplying uh, two stretch goals. So everybody gets an original pin that is done by Mike Hawkins based off of our poster art which is really cool. That'll be uh, exclusive just for those 74 people who backed us on Kickstarter. And additionally, those 74 people will also get a mini print, a small piece of art printed out, autographed, numbered, and signed by none other than Gordon Mighty Wombat himself. How cool is that? What? Who? Oh, wait, I have to number these things? Yeah, you got to number them. Yeah, one of, two of, yeah. All right. Roman numerals, or... I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I think that's it for triage. You got anything else? No, that's all the odds I can treat. You know, I was thinking we should do uh, some Kickstarter stuff, but why don't we listen to one song from uh, Totag and then come all back? Right. What song you want to listen to? How about... <laughs> Perfect. Again, that was from Toe Tag off of Here She Comes Again, Conundrum Media 2013. Once again, look for Toe Tag at finer record stores near you. Thank yous. It is time. Let's do some thank yous, Steve. Okay, now we are going to officially thank 
all of our Kickstarter backers from the 2017 Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival campaign on Kickstarter. Uh, starting off with number one, we would like to thank Eric Morgret. Thank you, Eric. Longtime supporter, and he's been the number one backer for several years now. So thank you. Thanks, Eric. Oh, and thank you to Nick. Nick, number two. Thank you to Sean Marier. And to another longtime supporter, Smoggle Motion. He ends his, his donation with 69. Because that's what you do. Actually, uh, next up was Max Harris, who lives in Chicago. Not going to be able to make it to the film festival, but supported us anyway. What a great guy. Speed of great guys, DZZ. DZ, longtime attendee, as, as is Kimberly Poole. Thank you, thank you, Kimberly. Yes, and thank you to Alexander Banna. And Sean C. Thomas. And Rich Wasserman. And thank you to Preston Patton. And Aaron Burke. And Diana Flett, thank you. Ivy Mason. Brian Denton. And the almighty auto-duelist. And Zach Ingle, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Josh Marimore. Man, it's so it's getting so easy because we've seen these names over and over again over the years. And there are people that we're always happy to see and shake their hand and thank them for their support and ask them, you know, what was your favorite short this year? It, it, it is such yeah, a I don't mean cool... it's getting easy like getting money. Like it's getting easy to pronounce their names. I yeah. appreciate the hell out of these people. <laughs> but it's, it's also easy because we know we're going to get to see these guys soon. And that that's super exciting to me. Thank you again to Josh, as uh, Gord said. He is a, a local friend and uh, an awesome supporter. Thank you to John D. Treville, who I believe is a new supporter this year. Woo! And to Beefy. Oh, thanks, Beefy. An actual performer from a previous comedy of horrors. Very cool. Thank you to... <coughs> a former performer. Thank you to Josh Bliss. And to Patrick Crowley. Oh, another longtime supporter. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you also to Doug Thomas, another longtime supporter, as is George Hunnelson Kohler. You, I recall writing name, his name on Enormous Package last year as well. Thank you, thank you. Uh, to Tony Vacantios, Tony V. Yeah. And to IZ. And thanks to Alex Sinclair, a very good friend and amazing drummer. Yeah. And to Liam Price. Who's been on this show? Remember that year we did a uh, Christmas tunes and Liam played bass on our version of a. Uh, I think it was the Twelve Days of Christmas. <laughs> oh yes, this I, is I like seven or eight years ago. It was a long time ago. Thanks, Limo. Thank you to Julie Ray, a very ah, good friend of the show. Indeed, Julie, I take a bullet for you. I hope I don't have to, but I take a bullet for you. Alex Sinclair, thank you. We just thanked him. Thank him again. He bought another ticket. That's awesome. Thanks wow. to Corey. Well, two, two thanks then. Corey J. Stewart, and thank you to Kim. And Angie Christensen. And Lawrence Curacina, thank you. Joshua Silva Gould. And Linny Sarah Cook, thank you, Linny. D. Odd, oh yeah, yes, thank you for that Longtime one. supporter and sponsor from Stalker Farms, Field of Screams. Thank you so much. And also, thank you to Scott Foster. And to Michael Goldberg. G.G. Silverman, thank you, thank you, thank you. As well as Curtis Lowe, another longtime supporter. And Chris Green. Chris is awesome. And so is Five Monkeys, thank you. <laughs> Alisa Matter, thank you. 
Thank you to Jason Tostevin, film director extraordinaire. Absolutely. And to uh, Ramiro Zamparia. Every year. Ramiro Zamaripa. That's <laughs> so funny. You get him every year and you can't pronounce it. <laughs> what are That's, the odds? I don't know how that works out. Thank you so much to Jessica Brash. And to Laura Lipkowski. I've heard of her before. Me too. Thank I you love to that guy. Timothy Werner, who hosts a film festival his own self. Very much appreciated. And to Tony Rulai. What? That's craziness. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Thank you to Chris Dawson Ripley and Robin Lindsay. And to Steven and to Dan Mellon. Dan yeah. Mellon, quality human being right there. And yeah. fellow Iron Maiden fan. Knew you guys would get along. Thank you to Vaughn Kuhlmeyer. Vaughn from New Jersey, absolutely. And Joanne and Dennis. Not to mention Michael Richardson and Jessica Moore. Thank you to Ritter for Life and Deborah. And to Paul Takushi. Paul Takushi of all people. Thanks to Stuart. I know that guy. I know you do. Thanks to Stuart Williams, longtime listener from Wales. All the way from Wales. And Melissa Fuda Headwall. Thank you so much. And thank you to the guy who put us over the top, Billy Fields. In more ways than one. (laughs) Bill Fields. Yes. Bill Fields. We went to high school. We ran cross country with Bill Fields. Swell human being. And uh, his support was unlooked for and absolutely appreciated. Thank you so much, Bill. Much love there. Speaking of much love, Lorelai Shannon, one of my favorite Facebook friends. Absolutely. And Michael Jelly. And John Eddy. And Evan. And Evan. William Richard. <laughs> and Kevin Lawrence. Thank you, Kevin. Michael Burroughs. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you to Mike Klepper and Eldon. And of course, Jerry, Jerry Cooch. Thank you to Jerry. Well, those are all of this year's Kickstarters backers. And thank you again so much. I mean, I know we put you through a lot. Every day we're posting videos and we're haranguing you and we're asking for your support. And for now going on our seventh year, you have never failed to back us up and make this thing happen. And it is an honor to be able to put this festival together for you. So thank you for giving us the opportunity. Damn straight. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557, or you can reach us via email to steve at bonehand.com. You can find my stuff at mightywombat.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Facebook all over the place, and I'm mighty underscore wombat on Twitter if you ever want to be ignored on Twitter. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. You can find me at Bonehand over there. We also have a Bonebat Twitter feed where we post uh, information about the film festival. That's a good way to follow. And that is in addition to our Facebook feed where you're most likely to find jokes, uh, albums from Bonebat bands, uh, release information, concerts that are upcoming, all kinds of good stuff, uh, sweet deals on video games. You never know what's going to pop up there, and that is a great place to follow. I never know, man. You never know. Because we do crazy shit all the time. We do. 24/7. All the damn time. That's right. Anything else? Are we done here? I think so. Thank you for listening. And if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. 
Once again, the tickets for the 2017 Bone Bat Film Festival will go on sale in about a week, so keep an eye peeled for that. If you missed the opportunity on Kickstarter, uh, then this is the time to catch up and guarantee your seat at this year's festival. It's going to be a damn good time. You don't want to miss it. All right, uh, this is Bat Pussy from Toe Tag. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. Yeah, I do have a good one.
I can. I we'll can, know when we get there. I can cut it so that it it works that way. So. I've heard that about you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm like a an audio moil. <laughs> audio moil. That should be the name of a Seattle band. <laughs> audio moil. Yeah, there's like audio slave. <laughs> Little did they know. That's audio right. Audio slave is. I uh, circumcise. I circ. I sonically circumcise people. I sonic size them. Sonic circumcision will be the first track off Audio Moyle's new album. <laughs> Very nice. Maybe Blaine would sing for it. That'd be. Wouldn't it be awesome? That would be the best. Sonic circumcision. <laughs> wow, we did that as a duet. 